Hey, I'm Elizabeth Willits and I'm obsessed with helping as many women as possible achieve their boldest dreams after kids and helping you to navigate this messy and magical season of life. I'm a working mum with over 17 years of recruitment experience and I'm the founder of the Investing in Women job board and community. In this show, I'm honoured to be chatting with remarkable women, redefining our working world across all areas of business. They'll share their secrets on how they've achieved extraordinary success after children, set boundaries and balance, the challenges they faced and how they've overcome them to define their own versions of success. Shy away from the real talk? No way! Money, struggles, growth, loss, boundaries and balance. We cover it all. Think of this as coffee with your mates and mixed with an inspiring TED Talk sprinkled with the career advice you wish you'd really had at school. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, make sure you're cosy and get ready to get inspired and chase your boldest dreams or just survive Mondays. This is the Work It Like a Mum podcast. This episode is brought to you by Investing in Women. Investing in Women is a job board and recruitment agency helping you find your dream part-time or flexible job with the UK's most family-friendly and forward-thinking employers. Their site can help you find a professional and rewarding job that works for you. They're proud to partner with the UK's most family-friendly employers across a range of professional industries. Ready to find your perfect job? Search their website at investinginwomen.co.uk to find your next part-time or flexible job opportunity. Now, back to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Work It Like a Mum podcast, the show that seeks to inspire, empower and give you that dose of confidence to balance career, kids and everything in between. I'm your host, Elizabeth Willits, and I'm absolutely thrilled to introduce our guest today, Laura Lawler. Laura is a HR business partner at Juicen, which is a leading supplier of sustainable timber and building materials in the UK. She brings a wealth of knowledge and experience from her extensive career in human resources. At Juicen, Laura's work extends beyond the traditional realms of HR, focusing particularly on diversity and inclusion. And she's here today to share some insights with us. Welcome to the podcast, Laura. Thank you so much for joining us. It's such a pleasure to chat with you and learn more about your experiences. Thank you for asking me. Looking forward to it. I'm really excited about our chat. So, so you're obviously in human resources. That's something you always wanted to do. Was that a career you sort of hoped to have when you were a little girl growing up? Uh, no, well, I think I went to uni and it, I chose that as the subject and I've worked my way through advisor, HR manager, uh, into regional roles uh, and now in Juicen, uh, which is completely different because prior to this, uh, I worked in uh, for Make a Bingo, so from entertainment um, to builders, merchants. So yeah, very, very different, but a lot of similar challenges, but probably from an opposite point of view. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, so you're one of those people that actually did the subject yeah. you were doing at a university, you did it? <laughs> yes, I did it. And it's very much, the, the that's the theory, I think, at uni, because it's never so black and white in HR, but it is in the, obviously in the different industries as well. But I think for me, this one has been the one with the most opportunity and challenges in it, um, From certainly from that diversity point of view, because um, I've came from like a Debenhams and Asda, Comet, uh, very retail focused and based and then entertainment to 
very male-dominated uh, builders, merchant, tradesperson industry, so completely different for me. And the opportunities are huge. Yeah. So what was it that drew you into choosing then? Uh, I think um, through the recruitment process, I was interviewed by the regional director, Alan Davidson, and the opportunities that when we talked about diversity and his male-female mix, his part-time mix, you could just see the um, the opportunity we could do to change the culture, um, change the perception of juicing, because when people think of juicing, you think it's dirty, it's all male, you need to be a tradesperson to even go there as a retail customer and um, you would need to know that all obviously all the things that we sell we sell everything that you could build a house from bottom to the top in so it is and I went to visit some branches before um, the recruitment process and every branch is different every style is different but you could see there's potential here to change the perception and some of our colleagues that work for us some of the females I've interviewed to see what was your perception before you joined and it is that sturdy you need to be a man male dominated there's no career progression so that's where I'm working to change that and I think once they join they see that it's different but how do I get them to come and join us and see that it's, it's different it's not what you think it is it's a bit like bingo though everybody thinks you call the numbers but it's, it's a lot more than that so it's probably there are similar challenges but yeah. this one definitely attracting females who wish a career is um, is difficult yeah I mean, I've been using juice and I've just finished um, a house extension. So I've probably been one of your biggest customers. <laughs> we definitely had a lot of juice and um, bags and things like that. And, you know, as a consumer, I visit your website regularly. And we do have a branch actually in, in our village as well. So, yes, as a consumer, you know, I'm really happy to go. there. I've been really happy with the service. So how would you describe them? So you joined, you obviously wanted to join the company, make an impact, change perceptions. How would you describe what the culture is? So how long have you been at Juicing and how would you describe it? Yeah, I've been here just about 18 months. I think the culture piece for me is if when I joined, everyone was full time and you had to work 44 and a half hours and that was it. And I had even some like maternity just on saying, no, I need to come back 44 and a half hours. I was like, you don't, that's not don't necessarily need to do that. So it's changing that. I need someone in full time. But what if I can match the trail of your customer? So we're really busy in the morning. I'm really busy later because people pick up stuff in the morning to go to the job and then at night they'll come in and get stuff to go to the job in the next morning. So we do flux and trade-wise eh, throughout the day. So I would, just educating the managers and the piece of it, would you not rather have more people in the morning and more at night and quieter in the middle of the day when you don't need them? No, 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 but I need them there all the time. And I was like, well, explain to me, if it was your business, what would you have? So it's been that re-education piece of how can it work the other thing that I, when I first started, I went and met a lot of the colleagues in the branches and I spoke to one of our colleagues in Presswick who was a student and her answer to me was, hey, I love working here. My brother's jealous because I work here. And I was like, what do you mean? She went, well, as a student, you normally need to work in a bar, you need to work at night, you need to be very service oriented. She goes, I work one day and a Saturday morning in here and I make more than I would if I worked in a bar. And she goes, and I can still go out at the weekend, I can still have my social life and I can still attend uni. Now, she was a fashion student. What was the chances of a fashion student coming and working in Jusson? Standing working um, in, uh, let's just say, our uniform is probably not the most attractive uniform for a health and safety point of view. It has to be what it is. But she loved it. And just hearing those words, my brother's jealous because um, he has to work at night and I don't. And I was like, that's an opportunity there. We could really drill into that opportunity. And just say to the guys, like for me, the student population, 
we're really busy in the spring and summer because people do their gardens, people do a lot of DIY in that period of time. And that's when students are off uni and are available to work. So my concept was, well, if you bring them in for that one day a week through the winter when you're quiet and train them and get them ready, when you peak and you need more people in, they're available. I've met some colleagues where I've spoke to in branches, such as I spoke to a colleague in Largs, and I said, what, what made you join us? Why did you come and join us? She went, if it was full-time, I couldn't have joined. But the fact that it was part-time, I've joined and I love it, and the team love her. So it's just that education piece for me that don't have to work 44 and a half hours. You don't have to be an industry-based person. The most important thing is your customer service and your skills to speak to people, and it's about your behaviour and attitude. So it's changing that, because when I first started, I heard, oh, I need somebody from my builder's merchant. And when you say, why? Tell me why. Because we can train and develop and give them product knowledge. Why do they need that experience? Um, so it's been hard. I'm not going to sit and say it's been easy. It's hard, and it's still hard, and we are only just starting. But my region at my RD is really passionate about it, which helps because he's leading from the front on it. So that helps me then educate the teams and stuff. And we did a video at our conference. We based it around the old style of, oh, it needs to be a merchant, it needs to be this. I'm not getting involved in part-time to what it should be. And Alan did the video of both parts. He played both parts, which was really good. And it was like showing a mirror to some people to say that's how you sound and that's what it looks like. So, yeah, it's a challenge. We are nowhere near where we need to be, but we're doing different things um, to try and help improve it. And we have improved the numbers. We've measured the numbers. It's getting better. But what... So what you mentioned, you, what are your numbers like looking at? Yeah, so for, for juicing as a whole, like we've got, from a part-time basis, we've got 402 part-times. That's not a lot, but... 109 of them are in my region, so a quarter of Juicing's part-time people work in our region. And that's only because we've focused on it. And some of our best talent coming through is um, those part-time colleagues. We did an example of a recruitment piece in the northeast of England. We advertised a full-time job. We advertised a part-time job. We got eight applicants for the full-time, not of the best calibre. We advertised it part-time and I get 80 applicants. So the choice of my applicant pool was A, more higher, so I had more choice, and the calibre was much better. So we've put, and given being able to give operators those kind of numbers helps you sell that, listen, it doesn't need to be so rigid. We've just um, appointed our first part-time branch manager, which would never have been heard of. So a part-time female branch manager, so that would never have been heard of because it would be, oh no, you need to work full-time, that's not the case anymore. We can accommodate it. Let's see. I need them to think now, how can we make it work as opposed to we can do that? That's not what we do in Jason. And we are getting there and we're thinking about it differently. Yeah. Hello to all our listeners. This is Elizabeth Willits, your host of the Work It Like a Mum podcast and founder of the Investing in Women job board and recruitment site. And I'm here today to tell you all about our transformative career coaching services. Whether you're returning to work, climbing the corporate ladder or seeking a complete career change, our coaching is designed for anyone aspiring to make a significant impact in their professional life. We offer personalised guidance on crafting standout CVs that tell your unique story, effective strategies for nailing your next job interview, and expert tips on optimising your LinkedIn profile to attract the right opportunities. 
And here's the best part. As a valued listener, you'll get an exclusive 10% discount. Just use the code WORKITLIKEAMUM when you book your session. Visit us at investinginwomen.co.uk forward slash career coaching services to start your journey towards career success. Let's work together to achieve your professional dreams with the Investing in Women Career Coaching Services. So there'll be people listening to this. There'll be people, obviously, that want to work part-time and think it sounds great. But there'll also be people that work maybe in HR and they're very and also really bought into two part-time and want to implement that in their organisations. And potentially of finding that resistance like you are, you did, you know, and having to sort of sell the benefits of part-time to their board, their managers. So can you give us some tips about how you've basically brought the management team? I think there's two things. Operators focus on that bottom number. So um, if I can improve your customer service, get your customer service more efficiently and effectively because you've got more people in when you've got more customers in. Let's start with a blank row. How would it look? How would it feel? How would your customers want it? Would they want to wait 10 minutes to be saved or would they want to be saved right away? Or would you, do they want to come in through the day or in the middle of the day when there's no one in? That's not when they come in. That's not the shopping experience or the retail experience that we work with. Um, do you know what? We've got a lot of um, female customers. How do you think it makes them feel when they come in and uh, there's a female behind the counter? How does that feel? How it makes them think, do you know what? This is an inclusive organisation. I'm going to say, focus on the bottom line first. How can I make it? Because I'll help you make more money. I'll help you make more money because A, not everyone will work four and a half hours. So as soon as someone's off sick or is on holiday, you've got four and a half hours to the place. But if you do, say, 20 hours in an eight hour, you could flex any of them up. So I'm going to help your business because you have the coverage and you won't have a blind panic when somebody goes off sick. A, you'll have more pool of flexibility, talent, career progression, etc. within your branch, different personalities, a good mix of male and female in a branch, you can feel the difference in the atmosphere. You can feel the chat's different, the atmosphere's different. Uh, it's completely night and day when you walk in a branch. We still do have branches where it's all males. Yeah. As a female customer, as a female member of um, the team, it's quite, it can be intimidating. Um, so it's breaking down those barriers. Don't get me wrong, I've got a lot of strong females in those uh, branches as well, but the branches where there's no females, you can feel the difference. Definitely feel the difference. But focus on the number first and then give examples where it works. So that part-time recruitment piece, when I was able to see eight applicants, 80 applicants, here's what I got. Then I worked on introducing them to some of the people that we brought on part-time. Here's what they think of just before they joined. Here's what they think now. Yeah. Is that the kind of people we should be recruiting? Even things like welfare facilities was a big, coming from leisure and retail, welfare facilities are priority. You, you wouldn't get in bingo and stuff like that, the toilets, facilities like that must be clean. Everybody knows if you go to a pub or a restaurant, if the toilets aren't clean, then that's what you remember and you won't go back. When I first started in Justin, I was like, let me see your female toilets. Let me see them. What, what are they like? And then I got to the stage I was taking the managers in and going, would your wife, daughter, sister, or would someone like to use that toilet? Because I wouldn't. And it's just showing them and going, would you? No, no. Why have you not changed it? Well, um, I've not got any female staff, but what if you have a female customer that would like to use the facilities? Um, and it ranged from storerooms to fire extinguishers to 
just so we've worked hard on that. We've invested a lot of money in CapEx to improve the facilities because as a female, if I'm going for an interview for a job and I use the facilities, I think, I don't, how can I work here when I can't even go to the toilet? It's not even. Yeah, this is really, really helpful. And I'm just thinking like this is such good food for thought for anybody in like a HR type role that's trying to change a culture. Basics, but I'm like nodding my head saying, yep, yep, yep. It's just a, it's a basic, uh, it's a basic human right to go to the toilet, to be able to go to the toilet, feel comfortable, not need to worry. Um, and I've seen all sorts in, in those. And again, I had Alan with me, the RD, and I was like, come and see the toilet. I went, I must have took him in more toilets then. Uh, but I've took him in, I've took the branch manager in and going, what do you think then? Is this acceptable? It's not something, and I just think this is basic now, fix this. Um, females should want to come and work here and feel comfortable working here um, and in some places we didn't have a female toilet we had obviously as in you're just thinking fix it Just these are basics uh, and then we've looked at the development of people as well and even our induction on a set day and will we work part time how can they do that we'll change it, we'll move it we'll be flexible on it we do a development course we can change the dates, we can move it we're flexible so we do career Emerging leaders, it's called, and we do various different courses. And again, it was quite rigid of these are the set days, and now it's like, well, if you work part time, what days you work? How can we accommodate you to to do it? And we encourage people to progress through it. So, yeah, it's as I say, I'm just at the start of it. I've only been here eighteen months, but already I'm starting to feel and see the change. We've done just recently. We're working with, um, I'm sure I've told you about this, Lucy, who's a female footballer. And we, we met with Lucy, so she's going to be our ambassador to help us attract more females into that male-dominated industry because she was able to relate to us. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, 100%. Football and things like even like changing rooms and how it feels and going into the football stadiums and stuff like that. So she's been great. So we've got her to come and spend some time with our colleagues, ask questions about challenges they've faced. And we're going to get her to and do some work and a day of the life of because people that perception of what it's like to work in Houston, it's not like that. The main feedback I get is it's like a family, but you would never think that. They're very close and they look after each other in every branch, um, and that's a big thing because some of the branches have only got five people in them, so they are, they do become very close. So she's noticed that by speaking to the colleagues what it's like to do there. What she's also looked at is um, how we can progress so we can get your forklift license, we can put you through your... HGV and LGV um, license um, and we've got um, females doing that I've got female people in the yard and I spoke to them I was like do you like to work in the branch no no I'm in the yard I love the yard and I mean I was in here the other day and it's a female who's driving the forklift and dealing with um, the customers and stuff like that so there is a change but it's got a long way, it's got a long way to go but Lucy I'm hoping we've put it on LinkedIn we're going to kind of do that work with her so we've got more filming next week to get her to come out and spend the day she's actually spending the day with one of our tool hire colleagues who repairs tools uh, so like diggers and all the kind of tool hire equipment we do she does that and she started as a um, part time and now has progressed in full time in tool hire and, and we're training up to basically fix tools so there is opportunities, but if you speak to him to outside just now and I said, what's it like to work here? They're just going to say it's dirty and it's all men. I mean, it's got a long way to go. As I say, I don't have, um, I've only got at the moment 14% female. So it's not, the numbers aren't high, but the ones. What was it? Can you remember what it was 18 months ago? 
I think the female mix was probably in the kind of ten percent bracket, but it's the part time mix for me because now I've opened the door to the part time mix. I'm gaining more traction, but I've even got, yeah, I've got I've got like some, some single dads that work for us and said they didn't think they could come and work for us because of childcare. And they now work for us as well. So the, even the male part-time mix is up at 219 males that work part-time. I think COVID has an impact. Not everybody wants to work for it. Four and a half hours. Just they want that work-life balance. So, I mean, for me, we've got 64 females part-time and 45 males part-time. So we've, I've got 109. It's not, too, it's not too big a gap then. No, 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 no. My male, female, no. And it's that, there's the education piece of what do you actually need? Do you still need something in four and a half hours? Or could you have someone in 30 hours and then have your student population as well and give you a bit more flexibility around your role or the demands of your business? And you get responses like, oh, I've never thought about it like that. Maybe it could work or it will work. And then we'd have got it really working. I get there. So peer-to-peer is good. So I get peers to speak to them and say, listen, it works with me and stuff like that. This is how I make it work. I've got people who do job share, but they do it themselves. So they've always got, I've got two in command like, who do job share and they both agree who does whatever's. And as long as the rota pattern's covered, the branch manager's completely happy. So we can be totally flexible and it's good. And I've had people um, initially say to me, I didn't think I could be a branch manager and work part-time. Or I didn't think I could be a branch manager and a mum. Which is just, I was like, why? You can, you can do it. I said, we can be flexible enough to make it work. So it's changing the perception. So I think, I think we're on the right track. But I do. I mean, it sounds like you're doing a really good job. It's not just attracting those people, but also it sounds like you're doing a brilliant job promoting those people because of all the training that you offer and how accommodating you are with those training days. You know, you're really a brilliant example of a firm and there isn't enough firms like you, employees, well-being at the heart of you know your culture and what is going to benefit your employees because you've got it that you know if you treat your employees well that they treat their, the customers well and obviously then it really does benefit you in your bottom line but I think you're such a good example of a company that is really thinking about that employee culture and how to make individuals feel important which can be hard it's important to me as well do you know what I mean I want to work I mean I sit around a table just now the, the regional team and there's three females around the table why I want it to be 50-50 if not more females around that table and we're working hard to do that because I need my teams to see do you know what you can progress you can get success and we can develop it and do you know what, what an amazing industry to be in our customers are fantastic as well and they're always busy you never hear a quiet builder or a quiet tradesman. Um, and we've got some amazing personalities. And I just think if we tap into that talent, we could make a difference. And I could see more females around that senior table. Yeah, especially if they're tradespeople, they're the customer, they're the same customer, aren't they? That's coming in day in, day out. It's actually a re- if you like talking to people and you like that relationship building, because you're going to see the same, it's not like you'll see one customer once if you're seeing the same it's a really nice job to develop a oh yeah and, it's, and the customers all know the team and stuff like that and what we've tried to do is as well because it is very product led trades people will come in and know exactly what they want what I noticed when I started new people were a bit nervous behind the counter and thinking he's going to ask me or she's going to ask me for something and I have no idea what it is um, so I picked up an idea actually from Screwfix where they have one of their badges I'm new 
And I noticed the change in the customer with the person with the AMU badge was a lot more patient and gave the colleague a bit more time. So we've put that in as well. Just in it. But we've also given the colleague the opportunity to say, you decide when you put your normal, the, the new badge on. It's up to you. You can keep it on for a week. You can keep it on for a month. It's entirely up to you to give you that back confidence that people know that you're new, but you decide when you take that off and just put your name on your badge. Oh, I love that. It's like a learner. It's like a learner driver, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because you do. I mean, I know when I see somebody I'm learning and I'm training, you do take a wee step back and just go, take your time. It's fine. So uh, we've, done, we've done that as well. We're working with... Um, in fact, I've got a call with the Glasgow Chamber of Commerce this afternoon to see how we can maybe attract more. If I'm, a, I'm an apprentice in a trade college and uni, could I get them to come and work for me on a Saturday or through the week just to help them build their product knowledge, given the trade they're in? How do I get more um, young females to think about an industry or a career in construction and builders, merchants? Um, so I've got a call with them. So I'm just trying to think a bit differently we're doing a bit as well with it at the moment um, with the Scottish Prison Service to help work placements uh, come into our industry um, for a period of time so I'm just trying to think out the box and try and change that perception so I think if I go from the kind of school uni piece and then I go from the LinkedIn social media piece and then obviously out with that the Scottish Prison Service is slightly different so but I just need to change that perception I've also asked um, that from a recruitment piece we can start to show our females in the branches and give the and talk about that flexible working piece. So at the moment for me, when I put on an ad, um, and I'm sure you'll Zoe, our recruitment partner, I will challenge and say, I want party. Give me party. Let me see the calibre of the candidates that you've got. Most of your roles do have that, though. They can work full-time or part-time. It's very rare. I can't even think of an example where I've not had that from you, actually. No, we've got, I mean, we've got um, female drivers in that as well. Um, we've got part-time drivers. We've got zero-hours colleagues that pin and drop out and give us their expertise as well. So we can be totally flexible. Another thing is we're not unsociable hours. We're not evenings. We don't train on Sunday. Just thinking of the one that's in my village, it's local. Like if you wanted to drop the kids off at school or whatever, you know, a lot of people don't want to be too far from the school if the kids you know, need to be picked up or whatever. And, you know, hopefully it won't happen too often, but you are very local. You're often in like villages or places like that. So someone, you know, wants to work really close to home, you can if you, you know. Yeah, and at school hours, we can definitely accommodate um, school hours. And I think that's the focus now is that you can accommodate that. There's talent out there who only want to work school hours and we, we can look at that, we can do that. You know, I pass you, you know, on the way home, I pass your branch, you know, and there's lots of mums that pass your branch or, who, you know, that pass the branch on the way home and or grandparents maybe, you know, are looking after grandkids and maybe could do an extra few hours. And well, exactly. I think what I want to change is the perception when I speak to the colleagues that are joining us, why did you join us? I, I don't just want to hear because... My dad's a customer or my brother's shop's here. Or it's because I wanted to work for Justin, but that's the key bit of changing. I want a career with Justin. And that is one of the girls that we're going to do the day in the life of. That was her answer. It was my, my dad's a customer. You weren't my first choice. And I was like, well, I, how can I make us the first choice? So asking these people, how would I make us the first choice? What would it be? And she's like, well, see now that I'm here and I can go for my forklift license, I can do that. I'm really excited. I was like, but I need you to think like that before even you join, so you apply. She's like, ah, you need to shout about it more. You need to tell more people. Yeah, that you retrain people, you offer all that training, which yeah. is good. 
Because a lot of people, you know, people often start a job and doing something else and it's not for them. And actually to know that you can have, you know, retraining, a paid retraining opportunity as well, because you've got a lot of those that aren't paid and, and you know, you're getting paid from day one to develop a new career, which is a great opportunity for, any, you know, for anybody, isn't it? Yeah, we have sales teams as well, um, sales executives um, and stuff like that who actively go out and visit sites, speak to our customers, um, sellers, usually seller business. So we've got various different avenues you, you can work your way into it rather than just in the yard, which is the perception of people that it's in the yard, it's either cold and wet and dirty, and it's not just that at all. Brilliant. So you're obviously, we spoke before, you're a mum, is 23 yes. now? Yes. <laughs> Laura definitely doesn't look like she has a 23. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, how did you balance things? I know you weren't working for Jason when he was younger, but do you want to talk us through, you know, how you've obviously had a really good career in HR. You've been in HR a long, HR a long time. So talk us through what the early days were like. I think it's hard. I'm not going to tell you it's not hard. And I was um, on my own with Ben for a, f- a few years, which becomes challenging. I had my parents um, there who watched Ben, which was a great support. Yeah, but it's hard to get that work-life balance because I did work full-time. And then my job, it can, I had to be away sometimes as well. Um, I found it challenging. But I think for me, I'm at the stage of my career now, I manage my own diary. And yeah, there's demands from the business and stuff like that. But there's also things that... It's vitally important that I'm here for being and I plan that time around about it and I make it work. And owning my own diary and managing it, I think, is crucial. It's hard because you might have missed school sports days. I've missed school plays. Uh, and I think at the time it's just like I'm the sole breadwinner. I have to, to give him what he wants and what he needs. Um, I had to do that. Um, if I had the opportunity again, would I probably work see if I could work less? Probably, I'm being honest, um, because you don't get that time back. I was very lucky. My mum um, watched Ben, which was great, but I did miss out on a lot trying to build a career. But now, even now, he's still demanding at 23. Can I just say, say does he live with you or does he live elsewhere now? <laughs> no, he lives elsewhere, but he's still just as demanding. He's moved out um, about a year ago. And it's strange, yes. Emptiness syndrome in my house, but I'm all right with that because I've made a dressing room out of it. Um, but he's it's demanding but you have to be selfish sometimes as well and I think it's changed a lot and over the years because I think you could still have that career that I've got now and work part-time but I think when I started I don't that wasn't an option I mean I, I live in the west coast and I was working in Edinburgh I was working in Barrow I was working in Glasgow just to try and build that career I was away a lot eh, but now I have my own diary and my time to try and ensure that I don't miss out on those big occasions and stuff like that as well um, but it's really hard and if you've got the opportunity to think now to have a career and make it work better then I would take it and I think organisations have changed now uh, the days of you had to be full time to have a career are gone well I would like to think they're certainly dwindling and I think it's great because there's talent out there um, that sh- should be working and having that work-life balance it's too important and I think Covid has changed that for a lot of people as well there's so much more hybrid working and things like that, which allow people. Um, and I think it's taught us that, that you, you know what, you don't need to be in an office, you don't need to be in a location to be productive. And I think challenging yourself of some of the journeys that I have to do, if I'm driving, say, four hours up, four hours back for a two-hour meeting, is that productive? Are just getting the best out of 
could I be more productive in doing it as a team's call or maybe doing various other branch visits to make it worth my while to do that journey? Uh, whereas I think at the start of your career, you'll just do it. I need to go, I need to go here, I need to go there. Uh, now I'm at the stage of like, right, what's the most productive part of my time? How much is Justin going to get from me? Or how big a difference can I make? It's something I can't really. I can speak to people and stuff like that, but I'm not making a difference. Um, but I think, yeah, managing your time and taking the opportunities when you can. Uh, for me, this has been a big leap for me. Um, I was with Bingo for 13 years, and the main thing that sold Justin to me was the opportunity to change culture and that flexible piece and diversity and inclusion was a massive opportunity. And Alan, working with Alan, has definitely, we, we can see the difference, which is great. We can see the hard work starting to pay off and feel the difference in branches and speaking to the different kinds of colleagues then it's worth it. But it was a big jump for me because you get in a kind of comfort zone, don't you, when you're in yeah, How long were you in the bingo organisation? 13 years I was with them. Um, yeah, it's hard to leave, isn't it? Because you made friends, haven't you, know? I was approached by um, Justin, so it was, which was unusual again. And I was like, oh, I'm not looking for another job because I'm happy where I am. But when I met with Alan, I was like, oh, this thing's exciting. I feel I could make a difference here. And yeah, I've still got a long way to go, but it's exciting. It's not that, yeah, we still do the day job HR, the ER and all of that day job stuff. But and just in the moment with us, I feel like we can make a difference and make cultural difference, which takes time. So I think we're, and I think hopefully the more we do it in our region, it'll feed through in an organisational point of view, because we're sharing everything that we're doing. Yeah. I've set up a, as well, just to try and get the colleagues involved, I've set up like a diversity and inclusion forum. So I've split it into three groups. So I've got, from a welfare point of view, how can we improve it? So they've been looking at like, um, so this month they've launched some sort of communications on mental health. Next month they're going to look at um, how do we save through the cost of living. Then we're going to look at how do we make it easier to return from maternity. Then we're going to look at, um, so we've done like a calendar, the welfare calendar, like um, male and female cancers, how do you look out for it? We're going to do some physical challenges, step challenges as a region. And then the other two groups is one is um, recruitment. So I've got them looking at how do we attract more talent? How can we change the perception of us? So they're looking at it as colleagues and also asking their friends and family. So they're working on how we change that. And the third piece is progression. So we've got a mix of male, females, part-time, full-times on all groups and the colleagues have volunteered to do this. So there's 12 colleagues in each group and they're all working towards see how we can make a difference in the region. So I think you won't, there isn't a one-size-fix-all fix for this. That's why I'm trying to just do different things and make an impact so that it's all round as opposed to one thing. Don't know if that makes sense. Do you know what? I love this because you get all these organisations that put a lot about diversity and inclusion on their websites. They can have pages and pages. Then they're just asking for people full-time in an office and there's no thought behind what makes a company diverse and inclusive. They just are doing like a PR spiel. And that really frustrates me. And you're a brilliant example of a company that is the complete opposite of that and he's really being really thoughtful about you know how to make your company more diverse but how to make it more inclusive and how to make everybody feel welcome and that they belong 
in that organization regardless of who they are or what their background is so I think that is just brilliant so thank you yeah the, and the colleagues have been great I love the fact that they wanted because we just said this is what I'm going to do this is what I'm saying if I don't get any volunteers then we won't do it but let's see and we, the volunteer mix was great I've got branch managers on there I've got um, part-time male female colleagues on there I've got sales managers on there I've got a business unit director on there. So really good mix and they really want to help and make a difference. And that to me is means we're getting somewhere we're changing. Uh, slowly but surely we're making a change. And even the pride in them, they went, we've put this together. Can we send that out? I was like, yeah, let's get it. And the team talks, let's talk about it. And it's about mental health. And we sent out things like spotting the red flags. If somebody says, are they okay? Are they really okay? ask these questions and then we just gave them a list of what to do if you need some help here's some numbers here's some organizations we have our own six mhs who are outstanding uh, for mental health support but here's some other numbers just in case your friends and family need some help as well and then as i say this month they're doing how to save money uh, which everyone can get involved in very very timely <laughs> you couldn't get more time so, you know, even the, the guys as a couple the, the colleagues asked us to do like cancer awareness but from a male and female point of view and checking yourself and all that so this is the colleagues coming up with this this isn't me this is just ideas they've come up with to try and help one another that's where I think that family piece comes through because they really care about each other hey, well, how can we make it better I've had someone say it's really difficult to come back after a bereavement how can we help well let's talk about it you've experienced it how can we help it so that we know when someone else goes through it so they are good they are a really good team eh? and the fact that I've got 36 people want to help me and do work outside the work to make a difference is great it's really really good I absolutely loved our conversation Laura and learning more about you and Juicing and all the fabulous things you're doing so where can people find you connect with you learn more about Juicing and what you're doing and maybe some of the careers on offer I think obviously there's the Stark website because Justin is part of the Stark group um, we just recently uh, were bought over by Stark and who are very very forward thinking with diversity and inclusion so you can see the Stark group on LinkedIn Justin on LinkedIn and myself and Alan Davison the, the RD who I spoke of are on LinkedIn he's really passionate about it you'll see obviously from uh, LinkedIn as well Lucy's on there talking about what we're doing and we will always share our ideas on there of what we're doing and if we're making a difference uh, and do you know what we'll also say when this didn't work we tried this and it didn't work yeah. uh, but I think we tried but most things so far are making a difference uh, but it's continued but yeah you, you'll see us on LinkedIn um, and Twitter etc and then on the Stark website you, you can see us there Brilliant. All right, we'll put all the links in the show notes. Thank you so much, Laura, for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. No problem. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Work It Like a Mum podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share the link with a friend. If you're on LinkedIn, please send me a connection request at Elizabeth Willett and let me know your thoughts on this week's episode. You can also follow my recruitment site, Investing in Women, on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, keep on chasing your biggest dreams.